0: Listening to the
1: Doers Podcast right here on the Doers Network. And now here's your host, Donald Robinson the second. Welcome everyone to the Doers Network. I'm your host, Donald Robinson II. second. And with us for this interview, we have Miss Shanita Gary, owner, co-founder, and operator of Optimal Virtual Staffing Solutions, a wonderful, wonderful virtual business. We're going to talk about some great things. Hopefully, you all out there listening will be inspired by Shanita's story, and we're going to talk about a lot of different things. So with that being said, Shanita, how you doing?
0: I'm good, Donald. Thanks for having me. How are you?
1: Uh, I'm doing great. Thank you for asking. Thank you for asking. And thank you for being on the podcast. Really appreciate it. So let's...
0: Okay. I'm, I'm honored to be here. Thanks. Excellent.
1: Excellent. So now let's get into it. Let's talk about you, uh, your background, where you grew up, where you come from and go into your experience. So who is Shanita Gary?
0: Well, Shanita Gary, I'm from Alabama. I'm a Southern girl. (laughs) I came to Detroit when I was 10, yeah, maybe 10 years old. I was raised by my great-grandmother and her mother, so my great-great-grandmother. And I came here, like I said, um, when I was 10, my brother and I, and um i've been in detroit since so um i'm a mother of three but my background is i guess we would say um corporate or business i've always um admired my auntie shanita i'm her namesake so i always admire her when she get dressed up and go to work so i figured i'll be a business lady when i get older <laughs>
2: yeah and my
0: uh, two grandmothers they were entrepreneurs so it's like um after I hit forty, I became across of both. But I always desired to be my own boss, you know, with wherever I worked, I've worked in nonprofit, um, team ranch foster care and adoption agency. I've worked corporate, um, like H N R Block Premium, Quick and Loans. And then just recently, you know, how we met, um, I worked for Mayor Duggan in government and city government.
2: Sure.
0: So with those backgrounds, I figured, well, I could just, you know, take this time and start a business and become my own boss because mostly it was all executive assistant um, things that I did. So, you know, when you look at things and see what could be done better to make everything more efficient. So I had those type of ideas. So instead of, complaining that somebody else workspace, I created my own and created my own rules and our own culture for me and my team. So it's working out great.
1: And Well, I commend you for taking that leap because 90% of the people out there who who are in that situation do not. Um, and it's, it's not easy, but to have the courage and the faith to step out there and put your feet on the ground and get some things going and, and people seeing that what you can do on your own, that that's a very, very, very great feat. And I commend you for that. And I thank you for doing that.
0: Yeah, it was scary initially. But um I just knew going back to work for someone else just wasn't the answer. And that wasn't the desire of mine. So, yeah, I prayed on it. And, um yeah, the first year was a little... Uh, it wasn't, like, hard or bad. But it was just, like, I didn't know. Okay. And once I... Um, just figured out the networking and um, researching a lot of reading I met a few great people you know and things just I mean they just took on life for their own and like two years later here I am you know my business is two years old and it's working I have great clients so I would say to anybody not just up and quit your job because I was unappointed so it was like a you know, one of those pain to like glory type things. You're like, oh, yeah. okay, well, I'm I'm unappointed, but uh am I disappointed? No, because I felt free. Yeah. So you know, when you get to those roads and you put in twenty something years or you put in some work and time, you you do have to take that walk of faith. And you know, God will definitely guide you, and He'll let you know. You just have to stay faithful.
1: Sure. It's faithful and focused. That's the key. That's the key. Amen. Yes, definitely focus. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so let's talk. Oh, yeah. All right. Oh, that's, that's great. Now, let's talk a little bit about the business. So what is Optimal Virtual Staffing Solutions, or what we call OVSS for short? Yeah. So um,
0: initially, it was going to be um uh, Virtual Staffing solution. But back to the original reason why I started it, um, I wanted to show people there was a different way to earn a living versus clocking in nine to five, complaining, being miserable, feeling trapped in a building. So I said, I'll start a virtual business. It'll mm-hmm. be a um, virtual staffing solution. But then I said, no, I want to be inclusive. So I'll figure out something close to my name that I'll feel good about. So optimal means the best. So
2: <laughs>
0: we, you know, it literally means the best uh virtual solution and most people put an s on the end of solution there's no s on the end because we're the only solution okay. so i came with that little corny thing as a like an icebreaker you know when i introduced the company okay. and um basically what we do uh, we provide support back-end support or whatever type of support a small business owner or entrepreneur would need so i have one client you know she she got ill at the time of her event. So, you know, we showed up, and we were the staff, and we, you know, did the whole event for us. She didn't have to be there. We got things done. Um, some clients, I just do their QuickBooks. It just depends on their need. We're customized to their needs of the service that, you know, we do provide. And it just gives them a sense of having a team without committing to, you know, having a full-time staff or something like that, just some projects and things that they need done. Wow. And, you know, yeah. So, I, like I said, I have great clients. So, that's a blessing in itself. Oh, yeah. And um, most of them have been with me the whole two years. So, you know, that shows that what I'm doing is really working and it was really needed.
1: Sure. So, so walk me through a scenario. Let's say I'm a small business owner and I don't have a bookkeeper or someone to do my website. So, your business is where you come in and provide those services based on the needs of the client, right?
0: Right, and that's exactly um, what we do. So with us, we we don't do coding or anything like that. We have to recruit someone to do that if the client just wants that. But initially, with small business owners and entrepreneurs, they want something that they can control if you know, it's possible. So with coding, they can't just go in there and change a picture or a couple of words or whatever. Right. So we start them like a Wix or a Square site until they're ready to upgrade to, you know, coding or, you know, a more expensive or quality uh, website. Okay. But bookkeeping, yes, that's something that most of them, um, they've attempted to do, but most of the time they don't have time to do that. And they don't want to be bothered with that because that also includes, you know, a past due bill or something like that, right. making those phone calls. And as a CEO or entrepreneur of your business, You don't want to be the one to make that call anyway. You know, you want to have staff to do that for you. So it takes a load off and with the things that we do, it allows them enough time to grow their business. Like I have one client, she um, started like two or three other businesses. since I've been working with her because she had the time because everything else, you know, that she was doing initially, which was everything is covered now. Yeah. So that's one of the goals too, to allow them enough time to grow their business, or you know, have vacations with their family, or you know, any, whatever relieves the pain that they're having.
1: Okay, and is yep. your is your client base local, or do you do you have clients in other cities and states, or how, how does how does your clientele how's your client base?
0: Looking? Um. Yes. Yeah, so I have Detroit clients, but I also have you know Bloomfield or whatever. So. Um, I'm looking to expand. Um, I'm going to actually go to Atlanta, have a meeting with someone to see um, about, you know, expanding there. And so I see it being national.
2: Okay. Um,
0: yeah, within at least the next, I would say, two to three years, but it may be the next year or so. Okay. Because, you know, it, we're virtual, so we could do it anywhere. Well, actually, I have had a client in Atlanta already, so we could just say we're nationwide. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. And then the uh, I want to back up a little bit what well, we touched on something earlier. I want to go more into I think I want to talk about it from your perspective on what was the spark that inspired you to create your business? Like you said earlier, and it's easy too. It, and when you're working with somebody else and you see the holes in the organization and what's going wrong, you can say, well, if I was in charge, I would fix this. I would do that. And so when, mm-hmm. you, when you decide to step out and be a virtual staffing solution for people then what what if you can recall what what was the actual incident or spark or whatever that made you say okay darn it i'm gonna go out here and do this on my own because i'm tired of seeing this i mean what can you recall what what that incident was
0: um well actually it was wherever i went um when i went into jobs like a lot i liked temporary services because i knew it was short term yeah Um, But this is the reoccurring thing that will always happen to me. I'll start a job. I'll do my job. I'll learn a few other jobs because I need to know how everything affects what I'm doing and vice versa. And i will learn all these jobs and I'm doing these different functions. And some places, you know, they have the glass ceiling where they don't let you really go up or whatever, but they want you to still do basically management jobs and not give you those positions and sometimes not that pay right so i was always confident that you know i was capable of doing anything i want to but i didn't have time in my mind i didn't have time for you to say oh yeah um, two years later shneeda you can have a raise or yes shneeda will promote you so i was becoming very impatient right and towards the end um this is simple things the most major thing that I've seen in my 24th or 20 whatever plus years is never really the work that um, frustrates you at work. It's sometimes the management. And that's one of the things in our culture, like no micromanaging, like you have to trust people to either do the job or not do the job. And if it's not done, then, you know, you take the steps, um, you know, to alleviate that. But, Just respecting people, internal and external customer service to me in OVSS is the same. Sure. So um, I found that to be a plus. People are happy. They're more productive. They're relaxed. They're not sick. They're not dreading dealing with you. So I just wanted i wanted to change that for a long time. But um, with the last position, you know, being able to leave, it just made me realize I'm free And I'm just going to go for it this time. And,
1: you know, it works. Okay. Now, in terms of with OVSS, do you see it as a representation of yourself? Because I know a lot of entrepreneurs and small business owners, you know, many terms in many situations, the business represents them. It's like you are your business. I mean, the business is your lifeblood. It's like once the owner decides not to do it anymore or something happens to the owner, it's like the business falls apart. So do do you feel that as an entrepreneur as well?
0: Well, no. Um, actually, when people think of virtual assistant, they think of me as the assistant. But I have a team of twenty plus people. Okay. So uh, everybody knows their job. Everybody knows what to do. Uh, you know, they know when to call me in. They know when not to. My son's also working the business. Okay. And we talked about, you know, if something happens to me. And they don't want to carry on the business, how they can do that without having to deal with it on a day-to-day basis, but still keeping the business. Right. So we thought of, you know, all of that, um, you know, it's kind of, this is my first business. And because we call it OVSS, you know, that's, to me, that lets me know it's going to be around for a while. Yeah. Because initially, um, you know, I gave it that long name. And I'm like, oh, my God, nobody's ever going to remember that. And we just started out OVSS for some reason. Right. So, you know, my clients, they write the checks with OVSS. Right. And it's like with affection. Um, we have these different um, relationships with our clients that are just kind of like family, like trusting. So it's it's a different um, type of feel and it's what I wanted because when are thought to know mm-hmm. they're like, I don't know how I could have did this without you I really appreciate you and I feel more confident in my business But so all, all that feedback is letting me know um, what I set out to do for not only my clients but the people who work with me or for me
2: Yeah,
0: it's, it's working so I just want to change something to let people know that you don't have to be stressed out you know to earn a living basically
1: sure sure and you yeah. make, and you're making a difference because you're helping businesses grow. Your, yeah, yeah, making a big difference in you know in a, in a in a person's life with their business. You know.
0: Yeah, and when I send somebody somewhere, they're like, "She you know, your team is just like you." Blah blah. So we all understand our culture. We all love our culture, and I'm not gonna say we don't have any difference or whatever, but it's never to uh, like that that dread that you feel when you're just tired of work or I, I can't even like it's not a toxic environment we can bring it to the table right. get revolved people input is valued so you know i'm loving the direction we're going in and i know once we grow to a bigger company um it won't i'm not gonna say that i hope that it still has some of that tight it to be able to still do that sure. but things get bigger you know it tends to change some but that's the foundation that I built it on. So, you know, we want to really stay close to
1: that. Sure. And, and simply mm-hmm. talking about that, that's an interesting um, subject matter because a lot of things, even even in big organizations, governments, you know, corporations or whatever, a lot of mm-hmm. their culture is based on the philosophy of who's at the top, you know, whoever's mm-hmm. at the top, whatever their philosophy, culture, whatever they establish, that's the culture of the rest of the organization and it filters down all the way to the lowest level workers. And, you know, a lot of times these managers don't understand, okay, you set the tone. So when you go into a toxic environment, it's most likely toxic because the manager is toxic. Exactly.
0: So yeah, it is understood that, you know, internal is just as important as external. We don't have to put on any ears or anything, you know, our clients really feel it and they see it. Yeah. and you know despite a repeated business and um, the increasing business that they're giving us and you know OBSS doesn't have to have a million clients because I would much prefer to have a quality client yeah. over quantity yeah and that's what I have right now I have a very quality based client so you know'm'm I'm, 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 ha- I'm very happy with that. I never thought like in business, you know, like I would have to let go of a client. But I've had that experience a couple of times, too. But it helped me grow as a business owner to be firmer in some areas and, you know, just make different decisions. So it's been a very uh, great learning experience. But I have an option of who my client is. We're not just out here desperate for money or anything like that. And we're taking care of people and we're doing things the right way.
1: Yeah, and that's the best way to do it because you're in it for the long haul. And that's I think a lot of times when people go the other route and try to get a million clients and you know, start cutting corners on the quality of service because they're only concentrating on one thing, being rich the money. And the money. Yeah. 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 And
0: the money and the money will come. That's I mean you, you treat your clients right or whatever, even if you don't get more clients. Like I said, we have more business from the same client. Yeah. Or, you know, there's more – most people are around people that's like them. So they'll tell somebody else about you or whatever. And that's what we want. You know, we want to be a premium service. Yeah. To quality people. And, you know, that's it. There's no gimmicks. There's nothing behind it. What you see
1: is what you get. Yeah. And, and- – and my- go ahead. I'm sorry. Ahead. No, no
0: and you know, as far as myself and the business, initially I started I was like, you know, I want to be known as Shanita, the person and not the business, but um in reality, you are the business. Yeah. So like you said, you know, but I was just so set on um making sure I took care of the internal too because yeah. that was a big problem that I saw and people loved where they worked and they loved what they did, but just the like I said, the management, not, yeah. you know, not even sometimes the person, just like outdated um, brews and other things, you know, things that need to be revisited. Yeah. So, you
2: know.
1: Yeah, it's very interesting, you know, the way our working society is going on in our work culture because it's like you have all this technology developing and you have these nice little startup companies coming up and people have the great culture. And then on the flip side, you have these old stalwart, like these, the local governments, the older companies, the Star Wars has been around forever. And it's like they're mm-hmm. di- almost like they're dying out because they're trying to hold on to that old philosophy and it doesn't work anymore. And then the, the nature mm-hmm. of the whole work population has changed because millennials are the majority workers now. So it's like mm-hmm. their mentality is, hey, you know, I'm going to come in here if I don't like it, I'm going somewhere else. They have that courage. They don't have any fear with their careers, you know.
0: Yeah. And, you know, in the millenniums, they, uh, some think I'm tough on them. And I'm not because I have two. Well, I may be. I may be because I, I do feel like sometimes they think because they learned something, they know it. Yeah. But you, you can't exclude the wisdom. And the wisdom is the person that has to experience. Right. So I have no problem with letting them lead or be leaders or anything like that. But you still need guidance. Yeah. And I can say that because I have two, I have two millennials. My son is 26 and yeah. my other son is 24. Yeah. And, you know, we go through this, but they respect me enough to say, you, you know, you're right. And they've seen where I've come from, where, so they believe me right. because they've seen it. And, you know, I tell them like, you don't have to learn things the hard, hard way. Everything is not instant. Right. Everything is not as it appears. You have to dig deeper.
2: Right.
0: So, um, I, I don't want them to separate themselves, although they're a different generation. We all can work together, and we can make sure that they continue the legacies that we're setting in place. Also,
1: yeah. And with the bottom line and, to that thing is this: it's about learning from each other. I mean, in exactly. some in some situations they know more than we do, and other situations we know more than they do. But it's a balance. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But it's a, and it's a balance if the both both sides of the generations are willing to learn from each other. And that, and that that's what mm-hmm. makes it work.
0: Yeah. Cause emotionally they are way different than we were when we were younger. You know, like when, when my mom said something, I, it, it was just nothing else to be said, like right. my thoughts or whatever, but somewhere in the middle, you know, you, you know, you do have to be heard or whatever. So, cause later on you become that person where you don't have a thought or opinion, yep. but, to the millennial side they're like way over sometimes so like I said it's it's just finding that medium and yeah. making sure that we all respect each other because nobody wants to see my millennials <laughs> win more than me and that's right. why I was talking about. like no, when I tell you something to hurt you so I find myself mentoring a lot of um young women too okay and and it, and it's you know it's good it's a great feeling it's um it's great to empower others and I have another big project coming up. You know, that's just solely focused on that. That's what I wanted to start out with first. But of course I had to get established with my for profit, but I'm all about empowering and I'm not above learning either. Sure. So, you know,
2: sure. yeah,
1: absolutely. Now in terms of, um, <laughs> you, you know, since we touched on a little earlier, the fact that your business in many respects is a representation of you as a person, What can you say that are some of the valuable life lessons you've learned in establishing and growing your business?
0: Well, one of the things I say, and it's so basic, it's so basic. Please and thank you. That will never, ever play out. That will never get old. That will never be useless. Please and thank you. Courtesy. Um, just being honest with people up front, right. like what I can and can't do, I will let you know. Right. Um, uh, sometimes I could be a little outspoken or a little too upfront, but I never want to mislead anyone. Um, that's true. Through and throughout the whole business, like, you know, we, we don't mislead people. Right. And when you say you're going to do something that all saying your words, your mind, that's me. Yeah. So that's OBSS. In a nutshell, when we say we're going to take it on and we can do it, we're going to get it done for you, and we're going to make sure you don't have any worries.
2: Yeah, yeah. So,
0: you know, that's me. I'm, um, As far as my friends are concerned, I'm a very loyal person. I, I do the best I can. I do what I say I'm going to do. So, yeah, you're right. My my business is really how I am, sure. <laughs> you know, helping people sure. and making sure um, I can help make life easier for others when I can.
1: Well, it just seems like your business, OVSS, is a perfect – Like um, like a perfect um, like a perfect marriage, like a perfect fit, like a jigsaw puzzle piece fitting into the other one. Like it it, it represents you as a business owner, but then you also represent it through your personality. So it's like that shines through, you know, in the values you're establishing in the company, the standards you have for your people working under you, just the whole thing. It's like it's like a, it's a it's like a it's like a relationship, like you know, because the business complements you and you feed into the business, so it's like as you grow, the business grows. It's just, I mean, to me, small business ownership is just a fascinating thing anyway, and entrepreneurship is really, like I, I tell people all the time, and I've said it several times on this podcast, oper- entrepreneurship really is a way of life. What you're doing is you're, it's like you're taking your values, and you're take, heck, taking a leap of faith and creating something to sustain yourself by making a living doing what you believe in and what you enjoy doing, and that. I think that's why I think small business in the last 10, 15 years has just been, you know, has just skyrocketed in terms of more people getting out there. And and of course, the, because the working world has changed and more people are getting frustrated with their jobs and things like that, that inspires them, too. And, you know, like you say, people get lost their jobs and they had no other choice. But as, as a whole. Yeah. yeah. And like as a whole yeah. American society, we've been able to take that leap of faith without the trepidations of thirty years ago. Thirty years ago people would you wouldn't even hear about this. People were so scared of doing it because mm-hmm. they yeah. exactly Yeah and see they yeah. was they thought they were secure then, but once people started getting laid off, started getting mm-hmm. fired, started to get losing their pensions and stuff, they like, said, Oh no, we gotta do something different.
0: Oh yeah. And that's one of my things too. Um at work, you know, when I was working, you know how that one person would know how to do all this stuff. And if they don't come to work that day, you know, it seemed like things would fall apart. So that was their job security. Right. But my whole thing was like, you know, what if somebody quit, die, or get fired? Do we just start a whole system all over? So those were the things that I was just tired of yeah. seeing in the workplace. And I thought that were just so ridiculous. And now, you know, millennials or whomever else, nobody wants to be at the same job for 30, 35 years. Right. You have other things to do with your life. You know, we we have to live life, and you have kids, or if you don't have kids, like, you deserve to live. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So yeah. virtual, again, that was perfect. You know, whoever works for me, they can be on vacation and still pick up their work and do their assignment or whatever. There's it's no
1: prisoner-type right. feel to it. Right. Right. And what's, what's nice and unique about your business is, even as you as a small business owner, you're – helping other small businesses so in terms of you know folks are listening out there you know we're in the Detroit Michigan area so Detroit has a lot of things going on and a lot of a lot of people are starting their own thing um, there's a lot of resurgence in the a resurgent energy in the city in the community so as as more small businesses develop then you're right there to help them in terms of an actual service like a support service so, if they say they don't know finances, don't want to deal with accounting, you're there for that. Like you said, if they want to plan an event on, on you know to promote themselves, you're there to support that. So you're, you're mm-hmm. like a, a catch all for a lot of different things that you know that a small business definitely needs in order to get to the next level. And it's like with OVSS, OVSS is getting put in a, a prime position because of all of the entrepreneurship that's going on around us. So and that's, exactly. and that's a great thing, too.
0: Yeah, we could work with anybody, you know, on anything. So, you know, that that's the uh, amazing and the great part with me. I, I get excited about it. Like, it doesn't matter, you know, what type of small business or entrepreneurship it is. Like, we could work with anybody. We can help anybody.
2: Yeah, and
1: that's what I was going to ask you too. What, what, what kind of industries are you servicing right now across your client base?
0: Um. Well. All things Detroit is one of our oldest um, clients, and so you know she um, she um, has like two hundred plus small businesses that she showcases down the Eastern Market three times a year.
2: Yeah,
0: and you know I provide twenty people for event staff for her, but like I said, those businesses they um, grow, and she needs more services. So on a monthly basis, um, we're um, managing her admin stuff and. Other courier services a small thing she doesn't have time to do, you know, while she's off in another state setting up. Um, I have one client, she sells disposable underwear, but she also has another business, you know, out at the uh, airport that's a multi-million dollar business, but this one that I'm managing, that's her baby. Yeah. And, you know, I do the bookkeeping for that or follow up on certain events or, you know, you know, with certain people on certain things for her. Okay. Um, it's it's just a variety of clients of different things they need. You know they may need to um, stuff for events they're having. They don't want to call around and find different things or recruiting other people from out of state. Right. It's just, it's just whatever they come up with. It's all unique yeah. because they're all you know unique in what they um, service. Uh Um, Alma Starworth. she was, she is one of our clients, you know, she had a book that she wanted to sell and she wanted to sell it at different places. So, you know, we call around, set it up, go with her, sell whatever, whatever, whatever they need. Yeah. Within our service, uh, we will do it and they grow our services because they come up with these things that they want. Yeah. And once they hear that somebody will help them do it, they're like, Oh, you're helping with
2: that? Yeah, we'll
0: help you with that. Sure, right. <laughs> and they like that it's affordable, too. So, you know, it, it works for everybody. And um, I was talking to one of my clients the other day, and they was like, oh, I thought you would go up on the price um, by now, whatever. I said, well, you know, because you've added two more services,
2: you, didn't have you know, to. it all
0: bounces out. Right. Eventually, yes, we will have to raise the prices. But, it's you know, we're, we're not out here trying to rip off our client and make it harder for them. Right. You know that that's the uh, um, that's the great right thing that you know two services two more services were added. Right. So we we look at everything.
1: That's a great way to look yes. at it because you again mm-hmm. like I said before you are built for the long term. So you you have long term clients because your structure is built for that. You're not trying to gouge anybody or make a fast buck or try to get rich quick. You you're there for the long term, and I think once people see that that's how you get that added business to your existing client base because they feel comfortable and i mean just think about it like this can you imagine how hard it is for a lot of people to add to their, their current clients because a lot of times with a lot of businesses and services they have to keep going to get clients you know so they have to keep adding clients to the roster as opposed to expanding the client base that they have so i think that's that's excellent. Uh-huh. That's yeah, excellent.
0: and once we take certain things off their hands, they have time to grow their business. So then they have more disposable income to be able to do that.
2: Yeah. And
0: then, you know, it's it's also the convenience because if my client knows in the next 30 days they won't need our service for July or something like that, they say, hey, Shanita, I don't need the service for July, so can you cancel it? Okay. And I'll start back up in August. Okay. So it, it's like a lot of different factors that go into it. Yeah. Um, just to make sure on both ends that we know ahead of time so we know, you know, what we're dealing with. Right. And on their end where they're not locked in to something, you know, it becomes unaffordable or, you know, something that's not needed or something overwhelming to them. Sure. And, you know, I I I I've said it since the beginning and some of my friends thought I was crazy. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't haggle. Like right. the prices are what the prices are. And if someone can't afford it, I could tell them, you know, like, well, I can tell you what services you can get for the amount you have. But with haggling, I feel like one side is not going to be satisfied. Right. And, And, you know, if I'm trying to get a service from someone and I haggle you or I have you come down on your price, then, you know, I might not get the best service of what you would have gave me initially. And right. then just me, Shanita, I'm gonna feel guilty anyway because I feel like I'm cheating you because I know you're worth what you're saying. Right. So I rather say, you know, that's not in my budget right now or, you know, what what services can I get for this? Right. So that's how we operate also, um, just keep it there on both sides. I, I just don't have I just never believed in that because It just seems like it's a short-end barter. Yeah. I I tried that once, and um, (laughs) that didn't work out. But that was in the beginning. So that's part of all those learning things.
2: Yeah. I
0: did have two other barters that were, like, excellent. Sure. But one, it was just so lopsided. It stopped me from getting business um, because I was so busy with that part that, you know, I had to do for them. Yeah. And what they did for me was quite simple. So, you just have to um, use common sense in a lot of things.
2: Yeah.
0: And, yeah. you know, you can't use your heart. You got to use your business common sense because right. your heart will have you doing everything to make sure everybody's okay. But I have to make common sense and um, business sense because I have 20-plus other people depending on me to sure. get paid. So it's sure. not just me. Right. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, you know, things like that, the little things you learn along the way. And, you know, Eric, that that's part of growing.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. And then, yeah. um, what, what's your take on the entrepreneurship and small business ownership scene in Detroit as a whole? What, what's your take on the whole environment?
2: Um,
0: some of it can be clickish. Yeah. Some of it, um, some of it's good because people are willing to share, and a lot of a lot of people I see are doing like the same thing. Okay. And you could put some of those services together and work together because collaboration will get you much further. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, Click um, Detroit, I think it's because it's so small. and just the way our city is. Yeah. It's kind of like with the fashion thing. We are who we are. Right. So it's okay, you know, because yeah. they may see the friends that I hang out because they're business people. You know, they may see that as a click, but it's not like I. I, I basically work with anybody, as long as you you know have respect or sure. you know take a bill, like we're okay. Yeah. But um, one thing I do know for any business, especially in Detroit, we we need to figure out a way to cut some of that red tape um, to get access to money to start up because some people have great ideas. And they just don't have that little startup part. Yeah. I was told my first $80,000 will come from my family. Uh, No, that did not happen. (laughs) Right, right. But I think, I think. if you really have a business, well, most people don't know how to write a business plan in the beginning. But if you have access to maybe 500 to $1,500 just to start your business, that's like to get a website, to register the name, yeah. and just have a little $500 cushion to get started. Right. That will help some people with these great ideas go further. But when you have nothing and no direction, anyone that will help you, uh, you know, I think a lot of great businesses probably get lost there too. Yeah. So with the um, resurgence of the city and stuff like that, I think those type of things should be available and you shouldn't have to get like your firstborn and right. uh, take 30 days or whatever like that should be just an easier process to get started because I was just so clueless in the beginning and yeah. a lot of people will take advantage of you
1: Oh yeah. Um, if you don't do your research. Oh yeah. Oh, something yeah. Like that. Yeah. Not that.
0: Yeah. Someone wanted to charge me 150 dollars to register my business. Wow. So I just um I I'm just a reader and a researcher. I'm an analyst by nature. Yeah. And I said, well, let me figure this thing out first, and then I find out it's only fifty dollars to register your bills and oh, yeah. you know things like that. So. Um, and that project that I was telling you I was talking about—it's actually a nonprofit. It's called Our Own Wall Street. Oh yeah. And that's what—that's what it's targeted to do, like to help on. The, it kind of mirrors of but it's like to bring the community on the same level and empower them, like whether it's your kids, your business, or something. Because we can't just keep letting people. Um, walk around clueless or buffing their head. And we have the answers. We have a right. solution. We can guide them. Right. So, you know, those are some of the things I see in the um, small business and stuff. Like, you know certain things. And it's not going to hurt you to tell somebody something. You you don't even have to charge people. A lot of things I don't charge for Okay. because I need people to get started. And once they're started and they're growing, guess what? they're going to become a client they are going to stay a client because you help them get started and they're growing. If they never get anywhere, right. you know, you, you know, neither side is winning.
1: Right. Because they're over here struggling for no reason. And then nobody gets ahead with that.
0: <laughs> yeah. It, it's just really simple. Like, Hey, this is what you need to do ABC and you go here and you apply for this and this is where you get this or, you know, like the loan process you have to go through to get that um, first loan or something. Yeah tell somebody before they go through it yeah. and cut them back 10 steps so they can go and be prepared or tell them you have to have this credit score to get this. And don't let them just go in there and get rejected. Blind and <laughs> in there
1: blind. Right, right. Yeah. And see so that?
0: those are, the, you know, simple things that could just help anybody.
1: Sure. Oh yeah, absolutely. And and that's why I think environments like Bamboo Detroit are, are great because there is a sense in, in many ways of community, you know, I mean, you know, a lot of people doing different things, but you know, a lot of times when I go to the meetups or whatever, it's people say it's the first thing they ask, so what do you do? You know, tell them what I do, and ask what they do, and then you know, then it becomes a conversation of how can we help each other. In, in most cases, you know, not all, but most cases, it's like that, and it's great because for the cases that are not that people are so busy doing their own thing, it's hard for them to to branch out. But with again with a, with a company like OVSS there. I mean, you, you can to me, you can't go any wrong and anywhere worse by being a resource, any kind of resource to somebody else. And, you know, and I see that spirit there. And um, what the, I wanted to ask you too, is how did you come across Bamboo Detroit? Sorry. Well,
0: Bamboo Detroit, um, I went there when it was on, um, Gratiot and, what's this, what's the street that was on?
2: Brush.
0: Brush, Brush yeah. I, I went there because, um, this internet company or something, Rocket Fiber, and I was like, okay, well, let me go see what this is about. So that's when I started my whole little networking. I wasn't even thinking about really the business thing. I was just thinking about meeting different type of people. Yeah. And, yeah. um, at that time I was a community relations director for Pretty Brown Girl. Okay. And I went there and I met, um, Mark Hudson um, co-founder Rocket Fiber. Yeah. And at the time, I didn't know it was Amanda Lawine. She took this picture and she took a quote uh, for me with Pretty Brown Girl. Because my question to them was, okay, well, this technology is great, but you're you're teaching us and you're talking to us about it. But 35 years from now, I'm not thinking about this stuff. So you need to really target the youth.
2: Yeah.
0: And they wanted to do something with Pretty Brown Girl. And we still haven't gotten around to that, but that's still, I guess, on the table. But that's how the the report started. And I was supposed to follow up with Mark or something, but I started getting tagged on Facebook, like, Shanita, is this you? And right. so it had went into this little whole sponsor thing for, I guess, about a month, <laughs> this mm-hmm. quote in this picture. And Amanda and I, we started uh, kind of like a friendship or whatever, and her and Mark, you know, we would be a different place to networking And they just said one day, like, well, Shanita, you know, if you ever think about doing anything, you have our support. We will help you, you know, whatever you want to do. Yeah. And it just started from there. So when somebody tells you something like that, you know, they're, they're great people and they're genuine. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, you, you get busy. So that just made me really um, just go full force with going here, starting a business and everything else. Yeah. And I actually had my launch party for OBSS at Rocket Fiber, which is not an event space or anything. Right. But, you know, Mark was like, you know, what can I do?
2: Right, <laughs> so right, right.
0: You Like you say, you're the the people you never expect or people you don't even know will help you when they see something in you. Sure. You know?
2: oh, yeah. oh, yeah,
1: absolutely. You so know,
0: it, it was just ideas in my head and just the way, you know, I was doing things. And I'm like, okay, well, if you don't want to do anything or whatever, you know, it was just casual, just like that.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's great. I'm glad it worked you know, out that way. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and to this day, I still, you know, my workspace is in bamboo. I support rocket fiber, anything those two do, you know, I'm definitely uh, in full support of them.
1: Yeah, and I think they they both have done a great job. Even though Mark isn't a bamboo co-owner, but he has, you know, but with him helping Amanda, he he he's like a a de facto co-owner. And their their spirit helps go through that whole building of people helping each other, and that's. That's really what it's all about, um, and, and I right. think because of Detroit and the, the unique nature we've had over the past 60, 70 years, and the the decline and everything else, what else can we do? What what else? I mean, if if you're looking from the bottom and you no know, nowhere to go but up, what else can you do but help each other and everybody grows together? And that's what it's all about.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And their friendship is genuine too. So yeah. you know, yeah, it all works. And another thing. <laughs> With me, like even with my clients or my friends or my uh, volunteering, uh, anything that I do, I can marry all those things. Like I can tie everything together. Yeah. So if my non if my nonprofit people or my activists need this or that, hey, I'm talking to this client like this space or whatever. So it still goes back to collaborating.
2: Yeah. And all these
0: what all these people or all these places never knew about each other.
2: Right.
0: They come together, and you know it all works out.
1: Right. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's working and it's working out right now in front of our eyes. You know, and this is great. It's great. It's great to step back and witness that, because for so long, people have been living and working in silos for so many decades. It's almost like, well, we ever get to that point. And now you see it going in that direction. And it's a great thing to witness. You know, It really is. And um, before we close out, I got a few more things to ask you. One of the things I wanted to ask you is. Where do you see the entrepreneurship scene and the small business scene going in terms of Detroit and Michigan and the metro area? Where do you see it taking off in the next five, 10 years? As far as me or as just period? Well actually let's start with you and then let's talk about the, the entrepreneurship scene as a whole in this area.
0: Okay. Well, as far as me, um, OVSS will always be my first love, but yeah. I'm I'm really sure that I will have at least three or four more adventures because they're already there in my head and on my whiteboard. So it's okay. just putting them in action. Okay. But, you know, I established the foundations of the first two. Like I said, uh, my nonprofit, it's a year old. Okay. Um, and I've been doing things on it behind the scenes the whole year. So um, other things will come. Yep. And I think the same thing for other small business entrepreneurs. It's kind of like um, if an entrepreneur, that's nothing that you can become. That's something that's already inside of you. Right. And so once you open up that door and let it out, the things that you've been wanting to try or do forever is, you know, They're going to manifest, and it's going to happen. They may not all be successful, but you're going to at least try. And I think that's where it's going to go because, um, you know, big corporations and stuff, that's for a certain thing. They have their places, but um, I think entrepreneurship has never left, but it's going to stay, and small business is definitely going to stay because it's needed. Oh, yeah. It's needed. Yeah, so I don't see that going anywhere but up and more. And like like we said before, you know, it gives our young people a different way to think. Um, everybody's not going to go to college. You know, some people have a skill set, whether they learned it on their own or trade school or something. So that just gives a different variety and gives everybody a chance at success.
1: Sure. So, sure. you know. Uh, yeah, and that's a great, um, great point of view. Then, um, like you say, it's only just going to have more and more, you know, in terms of activity of people joining and uh, maybe even pre- probably people joining and creating spaces like Bamboo and joining Bamboo Detroit and creating businesses and just servicing the community. I think the, I think the next level is going to be out in the commu- actual communities, you know, what we're starting to see yeah, now. If,
2: yeah, if you of- don't grow
0: the community, then you can't grow anything. And- so, you know, it's, is 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 definitely gonna bring the communities back because it's the youth that's coming. My daughter's twelve, you know um Langston is eleven or ten or eleven yeah. so they're um they're already thinking beyond their time, but with them. They they have common sense, so they know if something is wrong or right. They know when they hurt somebody's feelings. Yeah. So they're going to be the generation to turn things back around. But they're also watching you and I. Right. So you're an entrepreneur. I'm an entrepreneur. So it's in them. Right. You know oh, the yeah. seeds are already planted. So they have two things to their advantage.
2: Yeah.
0: You know. So
2: yeah, oh, yeah.
0: I, I definitely
2: yeah.
1: Well, you know, because they got parents who are doing it, so they're learning. Even if they say, I don't want to do it, but they still are learning it by watching us and watching what we do and being around our conversation. And we talk about some of these things, you know, and and, that's, mm-hmm. and I've seen a lot of people I grew up with, even people younger than us who have been like second generation entrepreneurs. Well, my dad, my mom and dad own a business and I learned from them. Mm-hmm. And Now you see how successful they are. And, and that, it's just a cycle, a great positive cycle that continues the more people do it, you know.
0: Yeah. And, um, that's, that's what I said kind of happened to me, you know, living down South with my great grandmother and it yeah. wasn't traditional entrepreneurship, right. but they definitely right. held their own, you know, land brought from slavery and, yeah. you know, yeah. we living on a farm and like, they have, you know, my grand, my great grandmother, then I didn't understand it because that's just the way we grew up. You know, she had a maid, she had a driver and different things. So now certain things I do is like, okay, it all makes sense because right. that's, well
1: the way I was raised right 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 now we about to uh close up in a few minutes so for all of you out there listening OVSS I hope you took in some great information and know that there's a company out there if you're thinking about starting a small business or if you're currently running one and you're coming up with some roadblocks you have a resource in OVSS to help you possibly get over that hump and maybe give you some better direction so um Shanita, what's your contact information? Like what's your website? And how can somebody get in contact with you directly?
0: Okay, so our website is Optimal, and that's O P T M I A. I'm sorry, O-P-T-I-M-A-L, Virtual Staffing Solution, no S dot com. And our business phone number is 313-744-3834. 313-744-3834. And it's all on our website too, our phone number. You can email us. Um, and you know, some people that's looking to be even our part of our event staff, you know, you can send us your resume and stuff like that also. Okay.
1: Just looking for new people. Well, there you have it, folks. O V S S, Optimal Virtual Staffing Solution. And not with an S, one solution. One solution for you and what you're trying Mm -hmm. to do. So with that being said, Shanita, thank you so much for being on the Doers network and appreciate you taking your time of your day to be on this interview. It was great conversation. Hopefully you get some leads for business out of this podcast and, um, hopefully that, uh, see you soon with a lot more success.
0: Okay. Well, I really appreciate it and, um, look forward to talking to you again soon.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you all for listening out there. Once again, this is Donald Robinson II, host of the Doers Network, where actives grow and thrive. We hope you've enjoyed listening to our interview with Shanita Gary, founder and CEO of Optimal Virtual Staffing Solution, or OVSS for short. If you want to know more information, you can go to the website, OptimalVirtualStaffingSolution.com. That's Optimal, O P T. I M A L Virtual Staffing Solution Or you can reach them by phone at three one three seven four four three eight three four. Again, that's three one three seven four four three eight three four. This podcast is produced and brought to you by Bamboo Detroit, located in the heart of downtown Detroit. Bamboo Detroit specializes in co-working space and amenities for entrepreneurs and forward thinkers. Bamboo Detroit, where we do more together because Detroit is for doers. We appreciate your support by subscribing to our podcast right here on the Doers Network. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Doers Podcast, where actives grow and thrive. The Doers Podcast is produced by Bamboo Detroit Network. For more information, visit us at familydetroit.com.